0: it was another way of coming around instead of saying do you want to go to heaven everyone goes yeah well that's great but do you like god enough to want to live with him forever like are you do you love god now are you pursuing god because his heaven's very much about him and there's going to be heaps of other things happening i'm sure but if if you're not really loving him and and liking god you won't like heaven because it's all about him
1: Welcome to Q&A. On today's double episode, I was joined by Amy Jelly and Nick and Amanda Toohey to look at the final messages in our Beyond Death series. We looked at the topic of heaven and one of the big ideas that came out of both those messages, the idea, do we like God enough to want to spend eternity with him and the implications of having an eternal perspective on our living. It was really interesting. It was fun to have the discussion with them all. So, really hope you enjoy the discussion. Hey Nick, you should give us a clap and clap starts off. Okay, action. So, what I've been doing for the last few episodes has been opening with a brief summary of what the last message was and then giving like the people who spoke an opportunity to talk about the things that they wish they could have spoken about if time wasn't constraining them or uh, the content wasn't um, out of the bounds of what they were trying to communicate. Nick, you spoke on the God who dwells in heaven. Do you want to give us a a brief 30-second recap of what you said and also what you wish you could have said?
0: Uh, I think the the essential summary was wanting to focus that heaven is ultimately about God, And of course we're humans and we, we think about it from our perspective, um, our anthropological perspective. And so we extrapolate and we project things about heaven based on our own experience, desires and insecurities, some of which will be true and some of which won't be true. But I wanted to focus on, well, from God's perspective, what, what's heaven about? And from God's perspective, heaven is about God. (laughs) And if you go through the book of Revelation, you know, all the creatures, the beings, the angels, they just keep responding to God in adoration and worship and praise. And, And I use that phrase, you know, what is God like? God is full of himself in a literal sense. There's no emptiness in God or insecurity or fear. God is God and God is full of himself and, and heaven is, is full of God and God's presence.
2: When you use that phrase, full of yourself, <laughs> I think everyone straight away thinks of someone who's really arrogant yeah, and, sure. um, you know, they yeah. think they're awesome in a bad, like it has a bad connotation, yeah. that, that phrase. So why did you choose to use that phrase?
0: For that reason. I think as a as a preacher, sometimes you want to bring controversial things in or phrases or or words or images that that will create tension because suddenly everyone's leaning in then god is full of himself what's that about does that mean you're a provocateur yeah <laughs> it does um and so but in a very literal theological sense it's true god is god there is no non-godness in god and god is filled with you know glory and power and and love and light and so the only person in the universe in in creation who we could say that of in in truth is god
1: but how do you kind of balance the the servant-heartedness and other focusedness that we see in jesus with the passion for his own glory that we also see in the old testament how do you balance that
0: yeah i think that's that's a really excellent question um, maybe Amanda and Amy want to answer it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank
0: you very much. <laughs> so that would just quickly another, you know, God being full of himself, God overflows. So God overflows in service and love and in the, the Trinity in, in being full of themselves, being God, the Godhead, full of glory, full of power, full of life and light. There, there's also the overflow of that to one another of love so the it's like god is constantly full and constantly giving and so then you get the passage in philippians we we call it kenotic theology and it's the word kenosis in greek where it talks about jesus the second member of the trinity coming to earth and emptying himself that's kenosis he he, he emptied himself of 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 his godness but but that's that's not like an eternal state you know jesus chose to become human and and become a slave identify as a slave to serve us um it's not to say god isn't a servant or isn't loving but i don't think that that picture of jesus the earthly jesus is necessarily the the picture of revelation we see of the godhead it's it's a it's a time it's a, a particular season if you like of of jesus on earth uh, makes himself nothing di- divests himself of the privileges and the um, richness of of deity to to become human but is now re-glorified is is now full again of that you know like Jesus prays in the prayer of John 17 you no know, father glorify me you know glorify yourself you know l- and and take me the glory that i had with you before um, you know, so there's a sense of Jesus being re-glorified.
3: Um. But Nick, I, I remember that part in your message. I really liked it when you said something about God washing dirty feet. And it's that beautiful sense of this omnipotent God. You know, he's all-powerful, all-knowing. And yet, in the flesh, there he is in his heart of hearts. He is serving His disciples, He's serving us, which it's hard to get your brain around it. Mm -hmm. And like when you were saying in those days, it wasn't like our feet where we have shoes and socks on. They were walking amongst animal poo and everything. There were no toilets in those days. So, their feet would have really been dirty. So, I went away with that. It was this, wow, what other religion would you have? A God who washes dirty feet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I found that really... It's profound, isn't it, when you think about it? That's who our God is.
1: Because that's one thing that I have like, always thought about Jesus, uh, the idea that he is the perfect revelation of the Father. like That's sort of Colossians 1. So I guess what you're saying, Amanda, is what I always... Uh, that's what I think, or that's what I've grown up believing, but... How do you balance that with what you were saying, Nick, about it sort of being for a season? I'd, I'd, how Can you nuance that a bit more? I'm just trying to get my head around.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking a bit off the top of my head. Yeah. I should have thought about it more because I might actually be speaking heresy, but <laughs> I'll have to check my evangelical dictionary theology. <laughs> um, Michael Bird's book on theology. Though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so this don't uh, use this against me in the future. But um, I think the God who has dirty hands, I- again, it's the... It's the revelation of God through Jesus, through His ministry, through His earthly life. Um, it doesn't mean now that God doesn't and won't serve us or love us in the same way that Jesus did on earth. That that's not what I'm saying. Um, but I'm thinking more like Revelation five, where the Apostle John sees God on the throne, the Father, and then he sees the Lamb looking like it's been slain. Now the Lamb doesn't come up and shiver, you know, and and wash John's feet. Um, it's, he says that uh when when he took the scroll the lamb the f- the four living creatures the 24 elders fell down before the lamb mm-hmm. um, each one had their harp, and they sang a new song to the lamb um, and then i looked there was many angels numbering thousands and they circled the throne in a loud voice they were singing worthy is the lamb so there's that sense of jesus is is not is not no longer jesus as we saw him on earth but he's jesus as he was before he came to earth um mm. and therefore to hold that tension to say that the god who is full of himself but who has dirty hands and washes our feet it's it's meant to take our breath away mm. that this awesome majestic powerful eternal being we know as god and and jesus who came from god as god to earth and washed our feet that he, he is that he's still that awesome mm. glorious being that we will all fall down before and worship even though He loves us and serves us like He shared on earth.
1: Maybe we should do a, a whole episode on the glory of God and the love of God and how those <laughs> things to interplay. But because we are on a limited time schedule, I'd love to shift to Amanda quickly. What would you say was the big idea of your message and what things would have you like to have spoken about oh. that you didn't have time to?
3: Well, there's so many views of heaven Uh, But I know that in scripture it's amazing how much you can find about heaven. But I wanted to get across the fact that it isn't some ethereal place. And also with the ancient Greeks when they believed that we were going to be spirits. I think that's come into the Christian faith a lot. And it's not right that we're going to be these ethereal spirits. when, When you read the word of God, it's so exciting because we're going to have new glorified bodies. And it's just... Awesome, Woo-hoo. the thought of it. I know. And that we're going to eat. Because some people have said, well, what are we going to do? But when you think if we can eat, you know, obviously we don't have a digestive system and there's going to be no waste. Oh, don't go there. Too much information. But No even poo in th- heaven. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but even the clothing, even the... <laughs> everything that it's going to be so beautiful Mm. and stunning and but what I wanted to get across is yeah the thought of the the people who be there some people I've heard say oh I'd love to meet Mozart one day and blah 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 and yeah that would be great however as Nick just said meeting Jesus Mm. seeing God upon his throne I mean that is what it's all about so in in the message on Sunday I was trying to say that you know take heed If you only know about God or about Jesus now, look into the Gospels, read about him. Because why would you want to go to some place knowing that it is filled with the glory of God Mm. if you don't know him? Everything in you is going to go, oh. But if you're fixing your eyes on the Lord, as the Apostle Paul said, and you desire him, then you're going to desire heaven where he dwells. Now, the thing I would love to have mentioned, I mean, I often think about the new heaven and new earth, but I think it would take us a year or more <laughs> to, to go through that. It's full on, you know, all of this. Nick and I have talked about it a bit, but there is this verse in the book of Revelation, chapter two, I think, verse 17. And it's to the church of Pergamum. And we visited Pergamum. It's like this, this all this beautiful white rock. You're driving down towards it, it's like a white city. Mm-hmm. And it says that one day um, when we die, Jesus is going to give us all who are believers a white stone with a new name on it. And this has always excited me. And I thought, what does that mean? So this is something I wanted to bring up but didn't have time. And it is believed that that means that on that stone will will reflect all the days on this earth that we have suffered and have endured. All the days when we've been through trials and have overcome, every day of our life when we've been faithful to God and God highly esteems Mm -hmm. his children who are faithful to him, that will be reflected on that rock. And in that book of Revelation, the white stone in those days meant if you did something wrong, committed a crime, and if you were found guilty, you were given a black stone, if you were found innocent you were given the white stone so that reflects that but i'm almost thinking when he gives you that it also says that only you and jesus will know what it means Mm. so all that reflected will be blown away because that will include the rewards in heaven for being faithful and true to him Mm. and it will also mean maybe a new name and i just keep thinking that will be so exciting and even though we can talk about heaven for me the exciting thing is things like that to pick up on in the Bible, mm. and how it just stirs your imagination, so that's something that I would love to have mm. gone into uh, again, yeah
1: it's a real reminder that God is a good father, and that he doesn't just leave us and say, "Oh, chill out on earth for a while i'll I'll check back in and once I come back, he's like, yeah. "I actually care about you yeah. i'm taking like it's not like those things are aimless and uh those things you have to go through are purposeless, nor uh, mm. I'm not seeing them or turning a blind eye to them. He's going, actually, I have noticed those. I do care for you. Yeah. And in fact, I'm going to honor you for the times you have mm. been faithful.
3: And every little time, that's mm. what blows my mind. When you think you've been on your own, mm. he's seen it. Yeah. You know? It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's, it's actually real... Reminder of the goodness of God, yeah. Hmm.
2: I loved both Nick and Amanda's messages. And I think we're talking about this a little bit later on, but I just loved how they both pointed to Jesus. We're talking about heaven, but they both were talking about that personal relationship with Jesus. And um, I think that, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Don't want to ruin the (laughs) punchline.
1: No, not at all. Well, we might even just jump to that question and, and switch them around. What One thing that I really noticed in both your messages was this recurring message of, do you know God? Do you like God? Uh, Nick, you said, do you like God enough to spend all of eternity with him? Amanda, you said, heaven is the place where Jesus is. Are you eager to be with him? Was there something you two were
0: pushing for? Was that just coincidence? Because I th- Yeah, we, we had a secret plan <laughs> that we'd been working on for a while. Not true. I, I think for me, Tom, I don't know. I, think it's more the sense of again back to what 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 is heaven about you know heaven's full of the glory of god mm-hmm. and of god and at least the way the bible presents it is anyone who's had a glimpse into that heavenly portal whether it's you know daniel or or moses having a vision of god or or the book of revelation um you know what enthralls people and what what overwhelms people if they look into that heavenly kingdom is god The vision of god Mm. the glory of god Mm. the power and majesty of god where you know the apostle paul can say and this is why i'm very skeptical about people today who talk about having gone to heaven or had visions of heaven i'm very skeptical when people talk about that in great detail i'm not saying that they didn't or i'm not saying that you shouldn't believe them but the apostle paul who is writing in the new testament did get caught up to the third heaven he did have a heavenly vision or visitation mm. and yet he he says basically i can't talk about it it was so overwhelming yeah. <laughs> so intense i saw and heard things i, I can't even begin mm. to talk about it i didn't even know that was in the bible that was a complete surprise to me when amanda mentioned
1: yeah, that.
3: a couple of times mm. yeah. yeah so yeah. just
0: quickly yeah. on that it's, it's like i think when i ask the question do you like god enough to live with him forever uh, it was another way of coming around. Instead of saying, "Do you want to go to heaven?" Everyone goes, "Yeah." yeah. Well, that's great, but do yeah. you like God enough to want to live with Him forever? Like, are you? Do you love God now? Are mm. you pursuing God? Because His heaven's very much about Him, and there's mm. going to be heaps of other things mm. happening, I'm sure. But if if you're not really loving Him and and liking mm. God, you won't like heaven because no, it, it's all yeah. about Him. Uh, do you love God, or is He an annoying roommate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just don't know. <laughs> so
1: well, look, no, things. We can know, but yeah, go on. I
2: was thinking today about, you know, the l- the analogy that if you had a friend and they had an awesome house, mm. you don't go over to your, f- like you're close with this friend, you don't go over just to see their awesome house. <laughs> like you're not just there going, That's oh, this is, this is so good. I'm glad I came to visit you and hang out because I'm just loving your house. Like you yeah. always go for a relationship. You always go because you love that yeah. friend. Mm. And I was thinking it's the same. That was that same point that was drawn out with both it's a good you. way of looking at mm. it, yeah.
3: Mm.
1: But the thing is, sometimes we do, like, have that attitude towards God. <laughs> what you're saying is so good because I feel like we often conflate the gift with the gift giver. Like, we go, heaven, like, exactly Nick's reaction, like, oh, heaven's so good, I want to go there. But I wonder whether we sometimes have a self-centered view of heaven. Oh, it's going to be a time when I'm not going to have to deal with X, Y, Z. Yeah. Not, you are going to spend all the time in the presence of God. Is that something you want to do? Is that something that you see is good and beautiful and something you want to spend all of eternity doing? Do you think that we do do that?
3: Yeah, look, again, I think it's a a real challenge for where we all are in our faith, to be honest, mm. because you look at it, we can have Jesus nicely compartmentalised and we can go and binge on our Netflix or we can go and... um. Watch all the, We can watch violent movies if we want. We can do all sorts of things, even immoral things, and then put our Jesus hat on and come to church. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're at home in heaven, and there's not going to be a sun or a moon because he's going to light up everything. It's going to be his light that will make everything look like day. We're going to be totally experiencing his pulsating love and glory all around us. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be pure and holy and beautiful. And so I think, yes, we can be selfish when we think of it, but I think it's challenging because you think, well, am I going to spend my days knowing about him and then just saying, oh, yeah, well, heaven, well, I don't really want to leave earth. To me personally, it's a bit, Im- well, something I need to work on, but I'm a bit like the Apostle Paul. Not like the Apostle Paul. Oh, excuse me. No, but yeah. I feel like I... I love the Lord so much, I, I sometimes I just want to be there. But then I think, Amanda, sometimes, dear girl, it's because you've been going through a lot of challenges and you can easily think, oh, things have got really hard, mm-hmm. so I just want to be No, that's, that's a bit of a cop-out. Mm-hmm. But I do, I'm the older I get, the more I want to just be with him. But at the same time, I'm humbly saying well, if I'm going to be 84 or if I'm going to be 60, whatever, Lord. But, mm. yeah, I, th- I, th- I just think it's hard to get our little minds around how amazing heaven is going to be and even amazing. I mean, it's a word we use all the time. Yeah. but. Know. We're not ready for you to be in heaven yet, Amanda,
2: <laughs> so just sit tight <laughs> for a bit yeah. longer. <laughs> just be brave and take one I day need at you. a time. I need you here, I yeah. definitely do think it's a maturity thing, though, in your faith, because I can remember as a kid, I grew up in a Christian home, I can remember being almost a bit scared by the thought of being in heaven <laughs> forever, even though I had this mm. you know, idea that it's a great place and... Whatever, but it's not until I've gotten to know Jesus personally. Like you're saying, when you have that beautiful love affair with yeah. God that you actually, you know, do have that desire mm. to be with him more and mm. and it changes. But definitely I can relate to <laughs> thinking, Oh my goodness, that's overwhelming to think of being somewhere forever and yeah mm. and what does that even mean? And Yeah, mm. I
0: used to think, Oh man, I'll i I'll get tired, you know, like <laughs> How am I going to live forever? It's <laughs> yeah. gonna be really tiring. And we uh, do have that Greek <laughs> understanding.
1: I'm gonna be singing for eternity. Like I don't <laughs> really? want to be singing, <laughs> sure. singing for eternity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do they have a mute button for me? Now?
0: <laughs> sure. you you would get Mark new might be asking <laughs> that.
1: Yeah, I think he <laughs> <you> would be. <laughs> you'll have
0: new voices as well. But oh. I did hear a story, Amanda, you heard it too, a couple of years ago. And and it was one story about someone dying and, and going to heaven that, that mm. I, I believed. And the reason I believed it was it was a it was an older guy, a farmer, who was very devout. And loved the lord mm. and uh, had a big family you know, kids and grandkids and devoted wife and he died in the operating ro- he he had an accident any he died and he had this experience of of seeing christ of of talking to mm. to the lord jesus and and being in heaven or going towards that place and and anyway he he obviously survived and lived to tell the story and he he said he remembers it was as though Everything of his earthly life just faded. Mm. Uh, and and even when the Lord asked him if he wanted to go back, he said no. Mm. <laughs> and he said, it, it's surprising talking about that because I love my family so much. Mm. But mm. when I saw the Lord and when I saw heaven, that all just faded. Mm. I didn't want to come back, you mm. know, even for them. Mm. And mm. I thought, that's something I can believe, yep. you know, like yep. um, the vision of God and and the vision of heaven was like, i don't want to go back there Mm -hmm. the the love of earth as powerful as it is or the love Mm -hmm. of our loved ones is is not a you know a tiny bit as as strong and infinite as the love that we'll know and have for god and with god in heaven and with those who are in heaven so i think sometimes Mm -hmm. you know uh, of our relationships in heaven and i I say to amanda as i understand it you know we're not a married couple in heaven Mm, she's not my wife in heaven i'm not her husband in heaven we're brothers and sisters of you know in the family of god mm. uh and but I will love her and she will love me. we will know each other in a deeper, more mm. richer way than than anything we could have known on earth, mm. so even the very best marriage, the most loving marriage, even the very closest parental mm. relationships on earth uh, will just be like a, a little a little drop compared to the relationships we'll have with those yeah. same people yeah. in the heavenly kingdom, but they won't be family-based relationships mm. so some people think about but well, what about my kids or what about my wife or what about you know that's who i love well i think mm. you won't lose those relationships you you will gain them in a deeper more beautiful rich way than you could have ever had with them on mm. earth
3: mm. yeah
1: yeah it's incredibly moving when you hear stories like that and it's also just so god-centered like and i think that's a message that you both out. i think is so refreshing Now i want to ask another question about your um thinking in preparation for the sermon in regards to heaven and hell because both of you spoke largely on heaven um but didn't speak as much on hell not that i want to be like hell 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 like that's not a place i'm coming from but i do wonder should we think about hell or is that something that we shouldn't think about much um, what, where does that sit in both of your minds when you were preparing for the, this message?
3: Well, I, I'm like you. I don't want to think too much about hell, but in another sense, I think we need to be aware that there is one. And it's there's a lot of people, even liberal theologians, of people who think, oh, well, well, we'll all end up in heaven. And I, I don't agree with that. On one hand, I think God is a God of compassion, You know, my dad, for example, came from a family where when he was a little baby, he was bashed in the nose, in the face. He never got cuddled or hugged his entire childhood. And yet, I remember having this dream once, uh, not a dream, it was like a vision, and I told my dad just before, well, a couple of months before he died, I said, Dad, you know, you never knew a real father on earth. And I said, I just had this vision of the father putting you on his, well, his knee, it seems silly because knee with God, I don't know, but loving you and you will know the father's love like you've never known before. And he just looked at me and went, now my dad came from way behind, you know, he, and he was a great dad, but I think God, he sees, he judges where." everyone's childhood, if you've grown up in Camelot, say, you know, with the great got parents, grandparents, great-grandparents have all prayed for you and people like my dad where no one prayed for him and, known, and he sees like the wonderful father he became and, you know, so I think God's, God is a judge as well but he's a just judge, mm-hmm. a compassionate God but I do believe if we turn our back on God, there is a hell I'm not saying it's full of f- fire or whatever, I, my mind can't go there But I think if you turn your back on God, it would be black indeed and very horrible. Now we know that even on a deathbed, somebody can say yes to God. Happened with our brother-in-law; he gave his life to the Lord just um, a couple of days before he died. You know, and um, and I think that God would say yes. And I kind of think this might be off the track, but in heaven. There's a lot of learning for someone who's just said yes on their deathbed. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's a hierarchy in heaven, but I think we still learn and grow in heaven. But, yeah, I think there's a hell. I I think it's kind of humbling, just as I said on Sunday, to check our heart Mm -hmm. because even if, as Jesus said, if you say, Mm -hmm. Lord, Lord, or didn't I heal in your name, and didn't I, and for some reason God can still bless or whatever if we're saying yes and praising his name, but he knows our heart Mm. and I think there might be a shock one day Mm. and maybe who isn't in heaven and that's a scary thought and who maybe is in heaven who we thought Mm. I don't know it's a heart thing for me and I think it's 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 true but again I wouldn't know how to describe it only that it would be black and horrid because it's away from God Mm.
0: yeah it's Mm. the opposite of everything we might know about God and heaven I would think hell would be the opposite and Mm. I think it's important to say that the the teaching about hell doesn't come from, you know, like the medieval church or, or churches trying to control people and scare them. The teaching of hell comes from Christ. Um, He talks about it. He teaches about hell. So I think people who claim to follow Jesus and, and know Jesus and believe in Jesus need to take seriously that the doctrine and understanding of hell comes from Jesus. It's not. It's not like, oh, there's Jesus who loves us and who gave his life for us, and it's all great and it's all good. No, Jesus talked about hell, and therefore I take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And my my way again as a as a preacher, pastor, in a subversive way with that question, I was trying to also get at the picture of hell. Do you like God enough to spend eternity with Him? Mm-hmm. The other way of answering that is, no, I don't like God. Uh, I don't know God. Well, therefore, where <laughs> will you spend eternity? is if you go God's way you need to like him and love him um if you don't like him and you don't love him you don't know him you don't believe in him well where will you live for eternity well you won't live with God and so that was another way of just planting that seed for people you know about the afterlife about eternity and and I think you know what we can know of hell from the scriptures there's a lot of imagery and a lot of um a lot of dramatic imagery but I think I think C.S. Lewis talked about it a bit in the way of the trajectory of your current life. So if you're someone who does like God and loves God, who knows Christ, and the trage- trajectory or direction of your life is heading towards Him, if you're someone who's who's not interested in God, who ignores God, doesn't believe in God, has walked away from God, hates God, the trajectory of your life is moving in that direction in, in an eternal sense. So it's like, you know, it's like... um whatever the rudder is on your life right now, that's where you're heading. That's where you will live. That's what your life will be. So for the person who likes and loves God, who trusts in Jesus and what he's done for us, the trajectory of our life is heading towards him and towards his kingdom and his, his heavenly kingdom. For the person who, who doesn't love God or like God or who ignores or hates God, they're going to live away from God for eternity, just keep going in that direction. And perhaps, you know, hell, C.S. Lewis talked about it as well as being like the place for the ungrateful murmuring selfish self-centered person so it's like you're you're locked into your own smallness and Mm. and selfishness and and grumbling and murmuring for all eternity apart from god Mm. Uh, as much as we might also see in scripture that hell is a place of of suffering and of punishment Um, so these are hard things to deal with and people Mm. don't like it Mm. Uh, I get that. Many Christians don't like it. They don't talk about it. But if you're going to take Jesus seriously, Mm. you need to take hell seriously. Mm. Uh, Otherwise, Jesus just made up a whole heap of stuff which wasn't true. Yeah. Mm.
2: I just think of when you think of hell in the New Testament where it talks about the weeping and gnashing of Mm. teeth and you think that's quite a strong statement if you sit on that for a little bit. I just did a quick Google search. How many times do you think it says that in the New Testament? With it. Just have a guess.
0: Weeping and gnashing. Mm.
2: Seventeen. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> seven. Very close. With your seven, but yeah, it's just an awful image. Mm. Mm.
3: It certainly is. Mm.
1: This relates to what we spoke about last week in um, the podcast, in regards to the good news is very good news because there is bad news in some regards, mm. and and so I guess we do have to totally grapple with the doctrine of hell and the The weightiness of that, but there's always a solution there like God is extending that hand towards mm, us, mm. wanting He wants us to have a relationship with him mm. and find the the joy and the peace and the satisfaction that can only be found in him mm. and so yeah I- I- if you're listening and you're feeling like, oh, this is weighty remember that God is a God mm. of grace and mercy. And he's like, if you're not right with him right now, if you're realizing that, he's extending that hand right now. Mm. And so you can step into like relationship. the relationship.
0: The thief on the cross, you mm. know, he lives a life uh, against God. He, he mm. commits crimes. He's being punished for his crimes. He's, he deserves punishment and he's about to die. Mm. And mm. yet he turns to Jesus, his head and says, Jesus, mm. remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turns his head and says, I tell you the truth, today you'll be with me in paradise. Mm. So God's not making it hard for anyone to enter the kingdom of heaven. God's not making it hard for anyone. Mm. Um, But it does come down to a personal choice and a personal response. And if you're someone who says, well, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in any of this, that's that's your choice. And as I said in my message, every every worldview about life and death will be tested at death. So Mm. every person will know... Um, what is true about god the afterlife heaven hell when they die mm. it's just mm. that from a christian perspective we think that it's too late for people who have rejected god and turned away from god mm. once they've died to be redeemed and to be saved that's what mm. we believe the bible teaches mm. Mm. and that's why we share the good news that's why we're passionate about making jesus known because it's it's good news and for this life it's it's good news for the life to come definitely mm.
1: Amy, I was just wanting to cycle back around to a comment you made earlier. You said thinking about heaven and hell often would overwhelm you, and for the for the Christian now, sometimes it can feel like you have these moments of clarity, and you can just all of a sudden see this like see it with an eternal perspective. Like I feel like I'm having that right now. I'm just really reminded of like, wow, there's you got to think the long game to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do, how does this hope and the uh, the eternity and uh, the, the reality of heaven and hell, how does that impact my day-to-day living? Mm. Because sometimes it can just seem so far away, even when I'm living my little life right now, mm. it still can seem so far away. Mm. So how did you process that and how has thinking about things from an eternal perspective impacted you
2: Mm, yeah good question well I think when I was feeling overwhelmed it was when I was a kid so (laughs) you know my perspective as a child and you guys can probably relate maybe maybe not but I had a great childhood it was about playing eating having fun hanging out with friends you know when was the next adventure going to happen whereas when we fast forward in our life and Amanda you touched on this before when we start experiencing challenges and suffering and and the imperfectness of the world starts to affect us, that we're living in this sinful world, then I guess that's a different pressure. And it doesn't mean that then we're more excited about heaven, but it just makes us, I think, realise as Christians that when we accept Christ, um, we become a new creation. So it talks about that in in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that when we're in Christ, we're a new creation, but we actually have like I guess once we get to heaven another it's that next step in being completely perfected so our souls and our spirit is aligned with Jesus when we make a decision to follow him but our bodies are still imperfect and we still live in an an imperfect world so I think there's that tension there we have a faith in Jesus and we experience the goodness and the glory and and everything that Mm. Jesus offers us but yet we're faced with this world that's you know, has some awful things in it. You know, we see people that we love pass away. We see people that we love get hurt. We see all sorts of things happen. And that's really challenging. So I think the hope of heaven is the fact that, like Amanda again touched on this before, that we we already know this beautiful Christ, but we get to know Him in completion, and we're completely new. We're completely, mm. um, yeah. you know, renewed, and we're there. I guess <laughs> we're we're at that end point, mm. and um, and we get to rest in that. And so I think um, that's definitely an element for me. I think heaven still at times can overwhelm me now thinking about. Um, friends and family that don't know Christ so I think I think talking about heaven and hell that that still overwhelms me at times and and I think that it pushes me more into intercession into prayer and and I strongly believe you know you, you talked about this again Amanda that when people have had prayers over their lives I do believe that Um, Mm. there is huge power in that and and I think that you know when we're feeling overwhelmed about our friends and family that don't know Christ we have to just keep turning that into prayers and intercession, and and getting really strategic with it too not getting I guess lazy Mm -hmm. or slack or or overwhelmed but actually pressing into that that's what we're called to do.
3: That reminds me too that's why I I love you know uh, we're living in this busy world we're not so much Uh, in lockdown but um, I would love going back to I know Nick's been interested in reading about uh, just a lot of the um, I've gone blank Nick some of the the people who who just spend time on their own you know and say they write they write these beautiful thoughts I've been reading a few things lately and the wisdom that comes from like them. the mystics. The, the mystics, yeah, the mystics. Mm. And I do believe that like on Sunday night I said this line and when I said it I stopped because I thought I just want to stop everything and I want to think about this and and just pray about this and sit before mm. God about this. When I said about one day we will see him face to face mm. because I think mm. most of us, we have a little bit of God do this a little bit. And then everything about life overwhelms us. If we were to meditate on that alone, and how does that make us feel? Is it fear? Is it, wow, absolute joy? Does it bring tears to our eyes that one day we will see face to face one day? I mean, and I often think, you know, when I, when I feel that in my heart, it's overwhelmingly beautiful Because again, it's all about him. Mm -hmm. And if you imagine, you know, no more burden in your life, no more pressure weighing you down, no more self-doubt, no more suffering. And there you are standing before the one who is emanating love that we can't even begin to describe right now it is someone i want to know more so i'd really love to encourage people to just read the bible and to allow lines to stand out to them like that line has stood out to me that we will see him face to face and meditate on it even if it's for if it's for a whole year and i guarantee the holy spirit will show you beautiful things in that line that will that will bless your heart No, It was beautiful, Mm, that picture that Miriam posted after you preached. Oh, yes. That was
2: so impacting, I thought, (laughs) that face-to-face encounter when finally meeting Jesus and just that embrace.
3: Jumping in his arms. See, that's another beautiful thought. Would you just stand or would you just Mm. go for it and (laughs) jump in his Mm. arms? That was a beautiful Mm. painting, yeah. Mm.
0: See, just on that, Amanda and I have often had a tension about this, I think based on our personalities. And Amanda's such a visual im imaginary person such amazing imagination you're an artist and so you'll say to me sometimes have you ever imagined such and such about heaven and i'm like nah <laughs> um <laughs> but i want to and I, I think you've helped me to to apply myself more a, and to a verse like that we shall see his face we you know we shall we shall see him as he is and you think that that is worthy of deeper reflection and deeper contemplation and and prayer um and what does it mean now to be aiming our hearts i think that's why you know when we gather together when we worship in song and we pray and we hear the word we're we're trying to aim and gather our hearts to to focus on christ and um to live in the light of the truth that and, and in effect just quickly one day every eye will see him and that's the Bible's testimony: is that everyone will see Him. It's just that if you read Revelation, you know there's the, the people cry out when the Lamb appears. You know, hide they hide themselves because it's terrifying. So you you will see God. This is the Bible's testimony. Every person, Buddhist, atheist, Hindu, Greek, Jew, who whatever you, you old, young, man, woman, you will see God one day. The question of this earth is is back to my question. Um, really taken from the bible do you like god enough to want to spend eternity so you will either see god as someone who's longing for him and your heart will burst and throb with joy and and weep with joy when you see him and you bow down in love Mm. or you will see him and be utterly terrified Mm. because you don't know him you've spurned him you've scorned him you've rejected him you've ignored him and you'll be terrified and that's the vision of the scriptures is that everyone will see him It's just that some will respond with worship and love and some will respond with fear because they know the judgment that is coming upon them. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah,
1: There's definitely a lack of contemplation in um, the current culture and I can definitely feel that in my generation. Just the idea of seeing down and contemplating a phrase, Mm. I always find that really hard Mm. to to do and to practice uh, because everything is so fast-paced and notification and but that's going off and next thing and you're running through your day so it's just such a massive reminder that we should be more contemplative and um, and dwell on some of these truths and some of these things that Jesus Mm. has said Mm. Uh, but how much should we how much should we dwell on it how do we let that drive our day-to-day action how do we let How do we let this? Because we obviously can't sit in contemplation for the entire day. How do we let that drive our day-to-day, minute-by-minute, um, thinking and actions and and conduct? How do we let that impact it? Us, how? Yeah.
2: About heaven. Good question. Yeah, yeah. Our Mm. eternal perspective. Well, just one thing I was going to add was that I think there's a danger when we try and even picture heaven in some ways because we, you know, we can Mm. only we can only think of the good things of earth. And then go, oh, that must be heaven. So, oh, you know, we're going to have this, this and that, Mm. which is on earth they're the good things of earth so that must be heaven I actually think there's a danger in that and we can only go off what the scriptures say because Mm. if you're just trying to think of this supersized earth or all the VIP really good things about earth it's just it's Mm. it's going to fall short so it's actually there's not even any point trying to think of (laughs) the golden gates I don't (laughs) know like well the golden gates are in scripture aren't they that's what you were talking about but but certain things like that I think we have to just steer clear of because Mm. it's actually I think we'll always be disappointed in our thinking we're never going to ever have our we're Never going to be able to match what God has for us, so we can only ever go off Scripture. And
0: I think that's well said, Amy. And and um, the Bible says, "One Corinthians: I has not seen, he mm. has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love Him."
2: Yeah. At the same time, I think even for a young adult generation where you've got your whole lives in front of you, I think heaven can be overwhelming because you actually <laughs> you don't want to be there yet because you've got so many great things ahead of you
0: if you think of your life like walking alongside a wall, a very long, long mm. wall, that eventually at one point an opening is going to come in that wall, a door is going to appear and you're going to fall through and that's when you die. Um, no one That's everyone, right? No one knows yeah. when the door is going to yeah. open. So that when you mm. think of eternity, you're actually walking alongside eternity all the time. You're walking alongside a wall. On one side is eternity, on one side is earth. Mm. And at mm. some point along this path, a door's going to open and you're going to fall mm. through. That's that's yeah. all of us. Mm. Yeah. And so I hope and pray every young adult mm. has a long life ahead of them. Mm. But um, I've been a pastor long enough to know that, that people mm. die and mm. go to eternity at all ages mm. um, yeah. and to keep that in mind. Mm.
3: And Tom, can I just say one more thing just quickly, what you just asked before. I think um, something I know that really... Helped me when I was younger as well. I think discipline is a good thing. You know how you said we obviously can't be contemplating every day, like all day. But I find if it's either in the morning or even if you're a night person, even if it's one verse, that I used to kind of learn something off by heart and just read it or uh, recite it. And then I think if you get to know that and just discipline yourself starting from small things. And then I think those things sing through your life throughout the day like a beautiful truth in scripture about Christ. I think it comes down to discipline.
2: Something small that I'm doing at the moment with my sister-in-law, actually, who lives in Geelong, is we're trying to memorise a scripture a week and we've just both putting it on our phones sorry on our watches on on our apple watches and so like all throughout the day although the text is really small on this one but you know i'm looking at it and yeah meditating on that and thinking on it and trying to memorize it it's been really good we've only just started but it's a really easy practical thing that we could be doing
0: that is good and and i think keep in mind that i think the inner spiritual life that we have muscles like imagine you're in a spiritual life being made up of muscles mm. so that's why people struggle with prayer sometimes or contemplation or, mm. or stillness or silence because the muscles are all weak so if i mm. said to you know a flabby out of condition you know 21 year old who's been chocking out on maccas and pizzas for two years you know, I, you know tomorrow we're going to run a marathon th- they would die mm. i mean <laughs> it would kill them right and i think it's the same with prayer contemplation reading scripture that the the hugeness of us sometimes shuts us down mm. Because we just haven't yeah. developed any muscles, any capacity. Mm. So uh, I would just say, simply say to people, like Amanda said, and, and Amy, just just to do a small thing mm. regularly yeah. over time, and mm. then you'll start to build up some capacity mm. to to memorize scripture, to contemplate, mm. to to enjoy stillness and mm. silence. Mm. But you've got to you've got to start slow. You've got to mm. build into it and build up. And after six months, you're like, oh, I'm loving five minutes of silence every morning. And
1: yeah. Yeah, I totally resonate with that, and I shifted my like daily bible into the morning so that I can l- let the word r- like um, weave its way through my day. I like that. Yeah. Point.
3: weave its way. Good. Yeah. yeah. But then
1: on the flip, I don't want to people who read it at night time. It's also good because you can reflect on your day and and reflect on that yeah. in light of the I word. I think God's happy for any time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like any
2: time we think make it so here, you know, yes, is amazing. Yeah.
1: Well. I've been really edified by this conversation. I wish I could keep talking to you all <laughs> about it. But I think we'll end the, the current episode there. Thanks, Thomas Thank Wesley. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, <laughs>
0: Tom. <laughs> thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah,
1: Thank
2: thanks you, Amy. Twos. In the matching outfit. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>